Hi, this is Jason Graves, host of The Blazing Grace Show. I'd like to introduce you to a product that I firmly believe should be used in every home in America. It's called SafeEyes. SafeEyes is the only software you'll need to protect you and your family from inappropriate content on the Internet. Over the last couple of years, I've tried several products and have never found anything as fast, effective, and affordable as SafeEyes. I now only use SafeEyes, and I recommend it to everybody I talk to all over the country. You don't have to take my word for it, though. SafeEyes was recently ranked as the number one internet filtering software by the most well-known product testing company in America, alongside 10 other products. No credit cards are necessary. To start your 15-day risk-free trial today or to learn more about SafeEyes, visit their website at SafeEyes.com or call toll-free 877-944-8080. You'll be glad you gave SafeEyes a try. I know I sure am. That's SafeEyes.com, 877-944-8080. Counselors, business owners, nonprofits, and trainers, you need unlimited flat-rate conference calling? Then call our good friend Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, where his teleconferencing service allows you to conduct unlimited calls for one flat monthly fee. That means no more per-minute, per-person charges. Go to AffordableConferencing.com or simply call toll-free 888-968-6186. He saved Jason and Rob thousands. That's Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, 888-968-6186. They're proud to bring you today's broadcast. Now it's time for this week's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your host, Rob McIntyre, Jason Graves, and Mike Janung. It's sponsored by AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes. Thanks for tuning in to The Blazing Grace Show, where we cover blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Now, here's your hosts, Rob, Jason, and Mike. Thanks for tuning in to the Blazing Grace Show, home of Laker Free Radio here in Colorado Springs. <laughs> and we're glad to be back in studio uh, talking today with my lovely co-hosts, Mike Janung and Rob McIntyre. Lovely. You guys are lovely. I remember one of the nicest compliments I ever got paid was from one of my pastors, DJ Vic, up in... Uh, up in Bothell, Washington, he said, you know, Jason's a lovely man. I thought, wow, that's a that nice is, that thing. Is, that you is. hear that all the time. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I want to hear rough and rowdy. I don't want this <laughs> lovely stuff. <laughs> well, you know, lovely's okay every so often. You know, I'm in a household almost full of boys, so, yeah. uh, you know, lovely's kind of nice every so yeah, often. Yeah, plus, you're wearing yellow, Mike, so. Gold. I mean, <laughs> okay, gold. right, not to be confused. Boy, oh, boy. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I appreciate you uh, enduring our normal uh, standard Laker banter here, and uh, now we're going to get down to business. We're talking about redemptive vision today. So we're talking really about what we're recovering to and realizing that that's just as important as what we're recovering from. So uh, bottom line is there's a huge need in the church for men and women to speak out and offer hope because of the brokenness that they've overcome. And I mean, I know Mike, uh, Rob, you guys both have got tremendous stories about restoration and redemption. And uh, I I mean, Rob, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what God's done in your life and what he's done in your clients' lives. Yeah, um, it's an amazing thing to look back. And and I know that that's a hard thing for guys who are first in recovery as they go, what is my future? And I I remember early on just going, okay, God, I'm going to leap into your care because uh, the, the fear, the fear of having to deal with something that is so shameful as a sexual addiction recovery, not even knowing what that future looks like. And so when I, I remember early on when I took that leap, 
God really began to speak to me through his word in Jeremiah 29, 11, which we're, a lot of us are familiar with is, for, for I know the plans that I have for you, not to harm you, but to prosper you. And as I began to look through the scriptures in Hebrews 12, verses 4 through 13, which says it's not, you know, it's not discipline as much as it's training. And as a father would discipline his son, so is God doing that for us. And I began to put the scripture into me to encourage me because I had maybe one or two people who would really associate with with me when when all my story had broke. And so it was a pretty lonely time, and I didn't have the groups that we have out here in Colorado Springs. I was out in California, and it mm-hmm. just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I was a pretty marked man. I had a red A on me and had been, you know, done worship in the church and stuff. So the circle of my friends, uh, a lot of them were telling my wife, dump the guy and, and so on and so forth. So it was tough for me, but it was actually right at the core of where I existed for so many years, the performer. I was the consummate performer. Mm-hmm and lived a shallow life. So, so one, it was really healthy for me. And I knew in my heart that God was going to get me through it, but to get through those circumstances, to get through the shame, to get through, um, you know, the, just the, the devastation that I had caused was, was difficult. But as, as God began to really deal with me and as I began to not stay stagnant, as I moved forward, you know, in my recovery, I began to realize that this was an important message. And as I began to read and study, and, and actually I was, I was working on my master's at the time, began to do research for, one, for my thesis, I began to see that uh, sexual addiction is, was a huge problem, not just for me, but for the majority of men mm-hmm. and for the majority of men in church. And so what ended up happening was some opportunities through my recovery, through meeting Dr. Doug Weiss and, and to, to go on some TV shows and some things like that. And as I found uh, those things to not be so paralyzing, I, I enjoyed actually telling my story of freedom because I never thought I could be free from this addiction, never did. And I remember, you know, early on in recovery, just thinking there's just no way. There's just no way that I could stop struggling with my thoughts and masturbation and being a cheater, you know. And as I began to walk this this road out into my recovery, I began to realize that I can finally become that man of God that I wanted to be. So truly having a gospel story, a story of being set free, like, you know, the woman at the well or something, I had that. Mm -hmm. And as I began to walk this, this, this story out, you know, a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, you know, getting that to the point where, you know, I've been, it's five, it's been over five years since I was unfaithful Mm -hmm. to my wife and, and, and acting out. And it's, it's just, it's a powerful thing because I never thought when I was right in the middle, in the heart of it and being beat up by the enemy and being in this thing that I ever thought I'd have a redemptive vision or I'd ever be really used by God, even though I knew God spoke to me as a young man that he wanted to use me, but I just never thought he could. And so now it's just absolutely amazing how I see him using me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know there's some more redemptive things on the horizon for you. You've got, you know, a book uh, or two coming out here in the not too distant future. Yeah. Uh, you've been working on that. What else is going on? Well, you know, one of the, the, the greatest blessings is being able to uh, have the one-on-one sessions. And, and, you know, I have, what I've learned is, is even though I have a, 
a practice where I end up encouraging, you know, addicts and, and helping them through the process, I've learned more importantly that I needed to have around me a set of men who keep me accountable and men to put into. So I have several guys who I'm a Paul to. I have many guys who I'm a Barnabas to, and I am a Timothy to other men in my life. So I have a mentor. I have several mentors, and I have many peers, and then I have several guys that I'm putting my life into. And that's where I really get excited the most. I mean, yes, I love doing what we do in our practice because, you know, that's exciting to see God use you in, in your, um, you know, in, in your work. But what I get excited about is is the men that I personally get to lead to the Lord and see them walk through the hard times and, and spend time with. And then my sons, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, to be finally the man that I've always wanted to be for my sons, you know, that has eternal, eternal, you know, purposes. And I know it does that work too, but it's just powerful in, on that that um, plane. Right, absolutely. And I like to differentiate three different areas where God uses us redemptively. Uh, He uses us as kinship redeemers, as community redeemers, and as cultural redeemers. And so I'm just, you know, wondering if you guys have examples of of each, but let me explain. We as recovering sex addicts can be used redemptively as in our in a kinship way or with our family in our marriage mm-hmm. uh, in a community way and that means in our churches or in our city and I think also in a cultural way and that's directly or indirectly having to do with improving uh, the culture in the right. area of right. sexual addiction recovery and I've got some great examples of some guys who are doing that who are you know clients of mine and whatnot but I'm just wondering who are you seeing and what, what are you seeing people do along those lines of those three areas? Well, we can start with some billboards that got me into this room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Uh, actually, what happened for me was back in 99, God set me free. And like what you were saying, Rob, it was one of those moments as well. And I was just, well, in love with God. But I wasn't really thinking in terms of sex addiction, doing anything of that. I got involved with an evangelistic project that bombed miserably mm. where I was trying to go to different churches and get them to, to send out a, a videotape of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And most of the churches I went to, they were saying no. Mm. And then I finally went to a church I was attending at the time and said, well, I ha-, and he said no to the video project too. And I thought, well, I have this thing with sex addiction. wonder if that could be of any help to anybody. And this was back in 2000. And he said, sure. And then the group, the first strength in numbers group started from that. And mm. then that's been going for five years. And then. This year, the Blazing Grace thing started with the website, and then I popped the billboards up in the town, and mm-hmm. and that's how we met. Right. Right, right. I remember it yeah. well. I was talking about it this weekend, as a matter of fact. Well, you know, and it, it's interesting because both Jason and I ventured out six months before, you know, really connecting with you, and that was our desire was to take this beyond— uh, you know, just the office that we were working in, you know, that we would go beyond and, you know, go to the, the Samaria and the uttermost parts. And, and it was kind of exciting as we began to branch out. And, and of course, Jason has branched out a lot, too. So we probably shouldn't, um, you know, neglect asking Jason. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be able to be doing this radio show. I'm excited to be able to to do the speaking that I'm able to do with Every Man's Battle and New Life Ministries. And those are those are just tremendous. And, you know, I hope to write today, like uh, someday, like you have as well. 
um, the the original idea that I've had with the teleconference freedom mm-hmm. groups and everything is something I always prayed for. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I always wondered how God was going to redeem my years as a telemarketer. And, uh, and as a result, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's my, there's hope for you, telemarketers. <laughs> my wife <out> <laughs> regularly marvels at how are you able to remember everybody's names and their voices and all these things. And it, you know, God gave me an ear for that. But I want to. I really want to highlight a couple uh, people that are in my client load that are doing some amazing things. You know, you talk about kinship redeemers, Mm -hmm. people that have um, found redemption in in their marriage and their families. I know you guys both have. And one way that one of our friends, Rob, has done that is uh, Steve Hassel is is a friend who leads a group here locally who sees himself as a missionary to orphans. And he and his wife have adopted kids from Africa, South America, and Oklahoma. And so... <laughs> yeah, the uttermost parts of the earth. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think they're in process to, to adopt someone from uh, Liberia. But this is a guy who's recovered and is doing well and is, is, is just got a vision, along with his wife, to reach out to the orphans of the nations. And so, I mean, that hits on a couple of different levels, but it's something that he and his wife are doing together and they're just absolutely nuts about. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Well, let me say a little more about Steve because uh, this is something that we were talking before we went on air, but uh, I have several clients who I like to, you know, get into uh, accountability with. And so Steve's one of the guys that I commonly call on to get him to communicate with these guys and to to do that kinship recovery. Because when guys are in their recovery, they, they, they feel very alone. They feel like there's nobody else. I'm the only freak on this earth. And mm-hmm. what you end up finding out is all of us guys are freaks and <laughs> that we all need right. help. But, but, you know, Steve's just been one of those guys. And there's several other guys that I end up doing with. But Steve's just been a great person for me as a professional to send somebody to who can, who can care for these guys as they walk through their recovery. So that's another thing that Steve is just excellent at doing. Yeah. So if you have got a heart for orphans as well, and you'd like to get in touch with Steve and his organization is called Not Forsaken International, you can reach him on the web at slavenomore.blogspot.com. That's slavenomore.blogspot.com, and I'm sure they'd love to hear from you and uh, answer any questions that you have. Let's talk about other types of redeemers, community, and uh, you know, this is these are guys who are serving in their churches as uh, small group leaders. Um, these are guys who are just maybe taking up a post period in their church. Who, when they were in their addiction before, they didn't, they weren't doing anything. These are people who are helping out in different aspects in our community. And I think of a couple guys who have used their athletic dreams and aspirations and inclinations to do some pretty incredible things. Uh, one of my uh, clients, uh, Mark from Memphis, who you know, yeah. has uh, run a marathon. He's uh, rode a 150-mile bike ride for MS. Hmm. Uh, he was on our show with the men's panel a couple months ago. Hmm. and. I mean, he's just done tremendous things as he's come out of this stuff. Uh, another guy, Karis, who lives in uh, Reno now, he uh, swam across Lake Tahoe, icy cold, wow. to raise money for juvenile arthritis uh, for a little girl who was uh, a, a friend of his mother's. And, oh, just great, great things. But I'm wondering, you know, Mike, guys from your Strength in Numbers groups, uh, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they, they're growing to places of leadership and whatnot. But what are some other things that they're doing as God impacts them with more time, talent, and treasure, the more and more free they get? 
Well, Jason, you and I both know a guy who recently, who just revealed his 18-year struggle with porn mm-hmm. to his church and his wife, and um, he's not set free or recovered, but in spite of that, he's gone to his church, he's approached them about starting a group, so what I would like to point out is just, we don't need to wait until Christ sets us free. Right. We can go and be a blessing now, wherever, yeah. we, are, wherever we are. Yeah. Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he says, begin with the end in mind. So it doesn't mean that tomorrow you need to go out and join the porn police, but we do need to begin with this stuff in mind. What has God gifted us with? What's passion in it? What do we want to do that we can use as something that will pull us through the recovery process rather than just push us away from the activities. Yeah, I have a good story to say about that, because early on, like I had said earlier, that I didn't really have the support out in California. So what I did do is, because one of my requirements in my recovery was to go to a group once a week, mm-hmm. is I looked for a group. And so I found this AA group, or actually is an AANA group, an Alcoholics Narcotics mm-hmm. Anonymous group in this church, a vineyard church up there in Redding, California. And, you know, as I went there the first night and met, met the guy who was the leader, and, and it was just great because it was a typical 12-step group. But here I was, just probably, I think, retired as a cop, and I got all these drug addicts and alcoholics yeah. coming in the room here, and I'm a sex addict, okay? Mm-hmm. Never struggled with alcohol, never did any drugs in my life. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and these people are all checking in, you know, going, uh, you know, hi, my name's so-and-so, and I'm a drug addict or alcoholic. Well, you know, it was a little uncomfortable for me because I was usually throwing handcuffs on these people. I was but... say, you probably arrested a couple of them before. Yeah. I, actually, no. I mean, fortunately, we weren't in the same vicinity but uh, or the same jurisdiction. But, yeah. but what happened was, as it got to me, I would say, I'm a sex addict. And they'd kind of go, oh, yeah, you know, shake their head and look at me and go, what in the world is that? So I'd explain it to them. Yeah. And what I found is... A hundred percent across the board, all these people were sex addicts before they're drug addicts and alcoholics. And what happened was God began to set the stage for me to share my story within this room. Mm-hmm. And I began to feel my gifting as an encourager, as an exhorter um, to, to come through. And so it's just like that guy 